just take a few minutes to honor our arriving. To welcome, to practice being okay and well with uh, what's coming and going. The feeling tones of our traveling, the residue, resonances, echoes of our lives that are manifesting in our body, feelings, thoughts. Just a few minutes to uh, honor that. Just a few minutes to practice making peace with, acknowledging, receiving just uh, how we are at this beginning, beginning of our retreat together.
Tanishra, Dara, and myself, Kitty Sorrow, we welcome you on this retreat. that is beset with so much uh, confusion, conflict, inflamed with and devoured by a devastating, uh, out of control greed and aversion delusion, a world where nobody has time, we have to get to the next thing, a world where there's so much urgency to have the uh, opportunity to uh, meet with a a gathering, uh, an awesome, quite impressive uh, gathering, like yourselves, almost a hundred, hundred of us here, who've consciously uh, taken the time out to pause. Realizing on some level, we've all realized that when we're victimized or just guided by our habitual habits, our tendencies, that it can uh, lead us and our families and our communities into all sorts of unnecessary stress that we can create a lot of suffering for ourselves and our fellow beings. I say welcome and I uh, consciously I appreciate the completeness of that word the hope and and wisdom inherent within it. The profundity of the word. 
Normally when we welcome someone into our space, into our moment, into our lives, we're, we're, we're telling someone, uh, relax, I'm not going to harm you. Be at ease, be at home here. In, in many ways, according to the wise ones, uh, we've lost touch with our home, place where we can truly feel at ease, well and, and secure. Welcome to be well right in the midst of what's coming and going, not a well that is just keeping everything at bay but a, a wellness that honors, that recognizes, that's honest about the manifestations of life, what's coming and going. This, this word uh, captures the mysterious uh, uh, perfection which the Buddha realized on the uh, night of his awakening. And from that uh, point, he, he described his, his being as the Tathagata. That was the favorite way that he talked about himself. The Tathagata. Tata means such, as it is, still, unflustered, undisturbed, well, tata, gata, tathagata, being, knowing that unmoving stillness, that unshakable groundedness in the way things are, right in the midst of gata, what is coming and going, I feel there's a very uh, auspicious time. It's always auspicious to, I believe, to go on retreat for ourselves, but also for our um, families, our communities, this very earth that supports us. But particularly this retreat is, uh, is aligned with uh, an important time in the uh, Buddhist calendar, at least uh, from our Theravada tradition where uh, Tanisha and I were trained in Thailand. Tomorrow is the full moon of May, the Vesaka Puja, the day that marks the birth of the Buddha, the awakening of the Buddha, and also uh, the, the day that the Buddha died or let go of this body but remained unshaken in that which never dies. So a day of uh, honoring the, uh, the birth, the death, and the awakening. And uh, seems quite curious sometimes to people thinking, golly, what a coincidence, all happening on the same day. But uh, perhaps Buddhists are just very economical. <laughs> but there's something quite 
profound in this timelessness. So often there's this sense of having gone so far, trekking our way, getting closer and then losing it and understanding something and then where did it go? And just the sense of making our way through life, always getting onto the next thing, avoiding what we just don't want to happen again. And the way in which our tendencies have created this sense of time can make things seem to stretch out so long and it can lead to a, a sense of real discouragement. Yet when the Buddha awoke, there was the profound realization that he didn't actually capture something. He recognized what was already here. And that actually that very notion of getting there, getting something, getting away from what we don't want, was perpetuating an endless wheel, an endless wandering that just seemed to stretch out forever. The recognition that that was all a, a misguided way of seeing The Buddha taught that this very mind of ours is luminous. It is as it, at its core already peaceful. But we lose touch with its wellness, its stillness, its purity. Because we get confused by what moves through the heart. This mind is luminous, he said, but we get confused, lose touch with that ground of being. On this retreat, we'll have the uh, chance to giving ourselves the opportunity to reconnect with this uh, essential wellness, to honor to steady ourselves upon, to investigate what is moving through the heart, like right now. What's manifesting, what's touching the heart, this heart which, so the wise ones say, is always profoundly at its core, bright and still. The beginning of our retreat, these sights, these sounds, these sensations of warmth or coolness, pleasure or pain or dullness, stress or ease, whatever's happening in our, in our thoughts, it's moving through the heart. And to begin this, this retreat, as, as I really like to do, to remind us that it is not a question of trying to get rid of stuff, 
get hold of stuff, but it's more and more training this heart to trust it's okay to be here, to little by little learn how to be more fully here. So that this ancient tendency to feel like we have to get there or feel like we have to get to fend off that we begin to see these patterns just for what they are, these feeling tones for just what they are, just what they are, that in and of themselves they're not a problem, that they don't destroy our inherent purity, they don't disturb our inherent peacefulness. Ajahn Chah would underline this perspective, our our Thai meditation master, by saying things like this, where there is confusion is where peace can arise. When confusion is penetrated with understanding what remains is peace, not going somewhere else, giving ourselves permission to to be here with these feelings, these sensations, this body. Ajahn Chah also said, if you realize the Dhamma, you realize your own mind. So just... Watch this tendency that always moving on just to, as we begin, underline the perspective that the truth is always here and now. It's not just a question of destroying confusion, destroying suffering. The heart is luminous. It's only because we get confused by what moves through the heart, said the Buddha, that we lose touch with this true nature. In Ajahn Chah, now what is true peace? True peace, the Buddha said, is not very far away. It lies right here, within. But we continually overlook it, right here within us. I encourage us not to diminish the blessing of what we're doing uh, this time, at this time, to to reflect that uh, our efforts hopefully can be uh, helpful to us, but that they, uh, that any benefit that we get will automatically uh, bless our families and, and our communities. I 
courage us to, to start uh, remembering our connection because we are actually deeply interwoven with each other, with the world, just by remembering and, and connecting with the foundation of this path of awakening. And uh, a perspective that, uh, that helps protect our time together. Uh, when we resolve for this time, what's called the, the five great principles, five great precepts, resolve to not harm, not to take life. That is, you know, might seem, so what? A resolve to not take what doesn't belong to us, the second precept. To resolve to refrain from exploiting ourselves and each other, uh, sensually or sexually. To, for this period of time on this retreat, to resolve to refrain from false speech. Which will be a lot easier because we're practicing listening, practicing being quiet, and to resolve to refrain from uh, intoxicants, seeking the nibbana that uh, through intoxication that can lead to carelessness, but to, to practice letting that go so that we can cherish the instrument of awakening, which is this very consciousness, this very mind. Now these, uh, these intentions, which I suggest we begin with, the, the Buddha taught that they're not small things, that they're great, great gifts, streams, what he calls, of, of uh, blessing, streams of that energy that leads to happiness. He said, each of these, which sounds negative, when we give up harming, give up that energy of just taking without sensing, is this right here? Give up that energy that gets blinded by what I want to feel good, my pleasure, and ends up exploiting someone else, taking advantage of someone else. Uh, that these... Uh, this giving up sounds negative, but actually it's a gift. When we practice non-harming and these precepts, the Buddha said, we offer to immeasurable beings f- immeasurable freedom from harm, hostility, and oppression. So just this period of time of Intending, practicing, not harming, not taking advantage of, not exploiting, etc. That all the beings in this group and around us on some level can breathe more easily. And we offer freedom from fear, freedom from hostility, freedom from oppression, and that that comes back to us, said the Buddha, that in time we will experience little by little, immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression.
also we live at a time when we see the unbounded sense that for our happiness we have to keep consuming and the scientists are are telling us we're just uh, exhausting the resources of the world. It would take the resources of, uh, if we keep going like this, nine planets to keep up with what, what our desires are. And that the way that we're living is actually uh, harming, harming this planet and leading to all sorts of uh, uh, suffering through, through climate instability and disruption as a result of all sorts of uh, economic and social stability. And that in practicing as we will be doing, simplicity, learning how to appreciate, training the heart to come back here, what's called the training of unification, what the Buddha called the training of samadhi, learning how to bring our whole being here, rather than just being a part here, half here, being mainly trying to get somewhere else, getting to the next thing. That in moments, patiently, at our own pace, learning how in moments to appreciate sitting, breathing, standing, walking, listening, even appreciating when things aren't going well, when we're not feeling good. The blessing of learning to be fully to let our mind and our body and our heart that receives it, the thinking mind, the the head, the body, the heart, the awareness that receives it as we're practicing learning how to be here. That little by little by little, patience, we will learn to enjoy simple things We say, so what? The more we can really enjoy simple things, that is an incredibly green holiday. That is an incredibly blessed way of learning how to be fulfilled, how to be restored, how to be recharged in a way that's not harming anyone, not exploiting anyone, not leading to more and more addictive behavior that just eats up our own life force and the resources of the planet. So I encourage us not to diminish the, the value of what we're doing, hopefully for our own well-being, but for the, the well-being of our family, our community, our country, and this world. The habits are deep-rooted, so it would take a lot of patience. There's such a sense of trying to get there and never arriving.
but just to keep remembering as we'll be doing throughout the retreat (coughs) that this Dhamma, this freedom, this peacefulness is not somewhere else. To keep reminding ourselves, the Buddha said this True nature is always sanditiko. It's always here and now. Akaliko. It's not another time. It's not just when we deserved it. It's timeless. It's ahipasiko. Always, we'll be reviewing this every day, always inviting us to come see. That's what that word means. This Dhamma is always, the door is open even when we've just yet again spent an hour and a half uh, caught in that ancient resentment. She did that and said that I couldn't believe, I mean, you know, (sighs) spiritual person. (laughs) Been lost in that to welcome Tathagata, to open our eyes again for this moment. So don't underestimate. And so as we approach uh, this, this time together, let's and approach uh, tomorrow, this, this uh, day honoring the, the, the Buddha's life, born and dying. And as we were reminded again and again in our mas- monastic life, what is the most important thing that can happen between the birth and our death. Every success keeps dissolving. What we gain, we keep losing. Every pleasant feeling keeps shifting into a painful feeling. Every circumstance is always changing. There's no end to the changes. but the place of arriving, the homecoming, the place where there can be some completion is right at the heart. This place of awakening. So to hear a few words from the the Buddha. Better it is to live one day virtuous and meditative than to live a hundred years without virtue, without any restraint, uncontrolled. Better it is to live one day. These are from the Buddha's sayings, the Dhammapada, a a text of of memorable sayings of the Buddha. Better it is to live one day wise and meditative than to live a hundred years foolish and uncontrolled. Better it is to live one day strenuous and resolute 
than to live a hundred years sluggish and dissipated. Better it is to live one day seeing the rise and fall of things, seeing change, than to live a hundred years without ever seeing this truth. Better it is to live one day seeing the deathless, that which is not coming and going. But just one day than to live a hundred years without ever seeing it. Better it is to live one day seeing the supreme truth than to live a hundred years without ever seeing the supreme truth. So encouraging us uh, as we begin this retreat to remember that uh, just these little things, even a day of not harming is already a wonderful gift to ourselves and to the countless beings around us. And a day of practicing with silence as we are, not because we're taking a stand against speaking, but because we're giving all of ourselves permission to listen. It's easier for this span of time to, to truly give our attention to this mind where the great saints and sages have said, peace already is here. By giving ourselves permission to listen, we have an opportunity to not get distracted We have a schedule that we're offering, but we're trusting everyone to to listen, to listen to what is right for this body-mind. Yes, effort, we encourage everyone to make effort, but sometimes the effort, the right effort for us is to realize we're pushing too hard. The right effort is to rest, but even resting is a skillful effort. It's learning how to relax learning how to relax and, and still stay awake, to adjust our effort. Sometimes we realize we chronically just go dull and to tune our effort to stay with that feeling. But we really, the schedule cannot be perfect for everyone, so we encourage you to find your uh, way with this schedule but encourage everyone to, even if you need to rest, to at least come just so you can stay on in line with the principles we're reflecting on that particular day. Come for that morning instruction at 8.15. And then uh, the evening Dhamma talk at 7.30. To, but so even if one needs to rest a lot, please come, come to that and to be really patient. There's a lot of experience here in the room, so you you know this already, but some of you might need reminding, or some of you who are new to practice, don't be think it's all going wrong if you're experiencing confusion or difficult feelings. But to remember we're deepening our capacity to be here, to be well with what comes and goes, and, and this life is light and dark. It's pleasant and painful. 
it's clear and muddled, and that all of these states are uh, are an opportunity, uh, and that though it uh, might seem endless, that there is the possibility of in moments, in any moment, you never know, because every particular moment, with just a sunrise or a sound or a thought there's a possibility of vimuttisarasabhetamas the Buddha taught that right at the heart of every single circumstance is vimutti is spacious unbounded freedom it's the essence so don't underwrite ourselves and think, oh, well, because I'm feeling this and there's that back and I just can't stand to hear another word of Dhamma talk or another word of my own mind and just, even just that, that the truth is always here and now. That it's not a question of going far. There's a lovely image that the, that Ajahn Chah uh, gave that, that reminds me of this. The world revolves like this. It's something like a mango tree. The tree matures, puts forth blossoms and fruits, appears and ripens. These seeds, bec- these fruits become rotten and the seed goes back into the ground to become a new tree. The cycle starts again. This is how the world is. It doesn't go very far. It just revolves around the same old things. Our lives these days are the same. We do the same old things. We think too much. There are sciences like math, physics, psychology. You can delve into any number of them but you can only finalize things, find that place of completion with the realization of Dhamma, of the truth. Picture a cart being pulled by an ox. As the ox walks along, the cart leaves tracks behind it. The cartwheels may not be very big, but the tracks will stretch a long way back. Looking at a cart when it's standing still, you can't see anything long about it. But once the ox starts moving, you can see the track stretching out behind you. As long as the ox pulls, the wheels keep on turning. But there comes a day when the ox tires and throws off its harness. It walks off and leaves the empty cart the wheels no longer turn. In time, the cart falls apart, its components going back into the four elements, the earth, the water, the wind, the fire. As we go searching for peace, as you go searching for peace within the world, the wheels of your cart turn ceaselessly and your tracks stretch endlessly behind you. As as long as you follow the world, there is no stopping, no rest. But if you simply stop, 
The cart comes to rest and the wheels no longer turn. Right where there is confusion, right where there's all this stress, it's right where we find peace. As a way of consecrating our, this, this time and honoring our good fortune, to have the good fortune, the beings that made it possible so that we could come here, here to this protected place, this place that's been for decades dedicated to being a sanctuary and supporting people like ourselves that want to train the heart to wake up to its own sanity, its own wisdom, compassion and peace. We'd like to uh, dedicate this, this time by uh, chanting a few of the ancient chants from the Buddha. The Buddha's uh, teaching on the uh, elements of the refuge, that which is truly trustworthy, the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, which we'll be aligning with and studying the teachings on wisdom and compassion and the verses which reflect on the great challenges which the Buddha faced and overcame with these virtues that well up from the mind and we all too will face all sorts of challenges but as we deepen our listening into this one mind that which can see through and overcome these challenges wells up right from our own heart. The wisdom, the patience, the energy, the kindness all come right up from within this one bright mind. So take just a a minute to stretch if you need to, and then Tanisha and I will begin our retreat by chanting these uh, verses of protection from the time of the Buddha. Sorry, this seems like there's not enough chance sheets, um, so don't worry about it now. We'll get some more um, photocopied, um, and you won't need them now, so you can just put them to one side for now. Okay.
<clears throat> so please to compose uh, your mind, your heart, steady your attention within the breath and the body as we together consecrate this space, creating a sacred boundary that we'll be working within. And this uh, offering of these chants begins with the calling of that which is protective, the forces of goodness, the earth spirits, the yakas and devas, the subtle beings that support and guide and protect the dharma in and around us. So we invoke these forces of goodness and align with this as we enter and align our attention with the practice of the Dharma. Jantalike Vimani Diperate Jacome Taruana Kahneke Hawatumi Kate Puma Giant Deva Jalatala Tantasantikeyang Muniwara Wachanang Sadumesunantu Buddha Dasana Kalo Ayambadanta Tamaswana Kalo Ayambadanta Sangha Pairupasana Kalo Ayambadanta Namo Tatsa Bhagavato Sangang Zalananga 
गच्छामि तुत्यामि Sukita, Napalo, Palanico, Abedana, 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.